0: The markets, we just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Coast and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25 years of
1: combined experience in the markets.
0: In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show
1: is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term
0: investment thesis. At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. This podcast is brought to you by Ambro Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investinunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn Portfolio is managed by Ambro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor. Welcome to episode 101 of Magic Markets. So we're now into our next centenary, I suppose, and looking forward to what that journey is going to bring. It means we have something in common with the Dalmatians and so does Anbro Capital, our guest today. Their corporate color's all black and white. It all looks very slick. And Craig and Tony, we're looking forward to chatting to you about something very exciting from your guys' side. But before I welcome you, Mo. Hello, all the way from Canada with some new time zones, which is going to make our lives a little bit more interesting.
1: Yeah, Ghost, always a pleasure doing this with you. And uh, yeah, uh, seven hours now between uh, where I am in Canada and and South Africa. So it does mean a little bit more of, uh, you know, logistics and planning on our side, but always a pleasure doing this with you. And Ghost, a pleasure to welcome back the chief investment officer of Andro Capital Investments, Craig Antony. Craig is a longtime friend of the show. So for recent listeners, you might just be meeting Craig. Uh, Craig's a great guy. You know, we go back a long way. We've worked together at, at several institutions in the past. Uh, for longtime listeners, you'd be familiar with Craig. You know, Craig's the guy who's always very generous with a lot of the very cool stock ideas and stuff that they've been doing in their portfolios at Anbro. Uh, But today we're taking a different tack. You know, we've got, like you said, Ghost, new beginnings, 101 shows the next centenary. But there's a new beginning at Anbro as well with the launch of their the upcoming launch of their dynamic compound portfolio. So very excited to welcome Craig on the show to chat to us a little bit about that.
2: Thanks. Well, good good morning and good afternoon, Mo and Ghost, and you know, happy to be here. Thanks again for having me. Yes, this is an interesting time for us. You know, we've um, always invested in companies that, you know, fit the bill for, for this particular portfolio. And it's something that, you know, you'll know, Mo, you know, from sort of yesteryear and, and previous lives and careers that, you know, these are the sorts of stocks that have always been attractive to me and, um, and to Justin as well. So I mean, this portfolio we think is going to be exciting. It's it's a very different to the unicorn portfolio, you know, for people that are you know looking for something that's a little bit less um, volatile, if you like, or you know something a little bit more um, vanilla or understandable. You know, you know where where growth stocks can be sometimes a little bit hair raising to get your head around. I think this fits you know that mold really really well.
0: And Craig, it's quite funny because you know. Our uh, Magic Markets listeners have gotten to know you guys as growth investors, tech investors. Your webcam is not working today, so tech is not on your side today. It's not been on the market side this year. And I think there's a very important point here. You are adding to what you guys are doing here. You're not saying, oh, we don't want to do unicorn anymore. Not at all. You are simply adding something that gives investors The opportunity to say, hey, I'm looking for something with a little bit of yield, maybe a little bit lower risk, a little bit less volatile. And this is the joy of building a portfolio, right? You'd have some growth stocks, you'd have some dividend payers. So this is actually growth for Anbro. This is very exciting in terms of being able to offer more products to investors for whatever their particular needs are.
2: Yes, absolutely, guys. I mean, you might remember, you know, all the way back when we had our, our first interview with you guys. We, we commented on the fact that, you know, Anbrose always had a model portfolio. And, you know, one piece of that model portfolio was, of course, the growth section. And that growth section had been delivering considerable growth and upside over long periods of time. And that's what prompted us to, you know, spin out the unicorn and, and really create the unicorn portfolio as a separate entity. Similarly, another part of that portfolio is high dividend yielding stocks. Um, that almost have a little bit of a value tilt to them as well. And again, you know, with you know the appetite that's come through for unicorn, you know, we've spoken to clients, and, and some of them have said, yes, you know, as another opportunity or as a building block for our broader portfolio, how about, you know, looking at something that is you know a little bit contra to unicorn with regards to volatility, um, dividends, that sort of thing. So we said, okay, you know, we've we've heard what our what our customers and investors have have asked. And, and so here we go. You know, we, we're launching the new portfolio and it should be launched on the JSC on the 17th of November.
1: Now, Craig, I want to actually pick up on that word you used or words rather saying building blocks, because again, I think for the benefit of the listeners, I, I have money at Enbro. I have for a very long time. Uh, and that's not necessarily sitting in you know just the growth side of things there's the income or the more kind of conservative side of things everyone who's been on this show who we've spoken to as well will know that's how i like to manage these different portfolios different buckets different risk appetites within the portfolio and so that's why I want to pick up on building blocks because if i were to think of this on a conventional kind of risk reward spectrum you know my understanding is you've kind of got unicorn which sits on the higher end of the risk spectrum as you've indicated and arguably you should get these outsized returns. Where does the dynamic compound portfolio actually sit? in terms of that risk spectrum. I mean, we're still talking equities here, but maybe talk to us a little bit about in in terms of expected returns, as well as the expected risk that comes with those returns. And, you know, once we unpack that, we can obviously go into some of the ethos and the strategy that you guys will be employing in the portfolio. Uh, But I think let's kick off with that risk return spectrum.
2: Sure, 100%. So in my mind, you know, this would sit somewhere between, say, government bonds and unicorn, if you like. So... The, the reason I allude to those, you know, two sort of pillars, if you like, is the one thing this portfolio drives after is cash flow. You know, so we're looking for businesses that not only generate significant cash flow, but also are very generous with that cash flow. You know, so that cash flow must be paid to shareholders, you know, either in the form of share buybacks, and, but preferably in the form of dividends. So that provides the portfolio with a cash underpin. And perhaps, you know, that's where one can look at that and compare it a little bit to, you know, something that generates income, like perhaps a a bond fund or, or an income fund or something like that. On the other side of it, you know, we're not just looking for dividends, we're also looking for companies that can grow. Obviously, what's important is if you grow your business and you grow your cash flow, you can also grow your dividend, you know, and with rising profits and cash flows and dividends, ultimately, you get rising share prices as well. So, you know, it's really a combination of growth and income, but certainly, you know, we're not aiming for anywhere near the same type of growth you can find in the unicorn portfolio. And it's certainly not a risk-free type asset as one would compare it to, you know, a government bond.
0: So a lot of this comes down to capital allocation theory, right? And how management teams actually use the cash in the business that they generate through their operations. And this is something that every investor needs to understand and look for. And I would imagine it's something that you look at closely in this, because at the end of the year, the management team has a choice, you know, they've made cash in their businesses. And now they either need to look for reinvestment opportunities, which need to beat their cost of capital, that's how you create economic profits, Or if you don't have those opportunities, you need to have the discipline and the maturity as a management team to give that cash back to shareholders so they can go and get those economic profits somewhere else. And that's generally done through dividends or share buybacks. So one extreme, or actually two extremes, we've just covered one in Magic Markets Premium, the other one's coming this week, Meta, Amazon. These are businesses that at the moment are not giving cash back to shareholders. They are, in fact, very focused on reinvestment. And the problem is their reinvestment is not necessarily driving great profits right now, which is why their share prices have come off so hard in this market. Whereas, Craig, you guys now in this portfolio are looking for businesses that are either having that discipline to return cash to shareholders or where they are reinvesting, they are reinvesting in businesses that are beating the cost of capital.
2: Yes, certainly. And I think you know, the, the key issue, I guess, is to, as you alluded to, Ghost, is to just look at how you know, management has allocated capital over time. And, um, you know, there's various, you know, various forms of that capital allocation, you know, as you mentioned. And, and a lot of companies have, I think, over time, just through just sort of sheer temptation, chased growth, right? I mean, everyone's looking to, you know, to grow their businesses, to, to make sure their businesses are bigger, better, you know, and um, and stronger. But sometimes you get caught up a bit in that and, and you land up in a situation where you know you take on too much debt in order to get that growth, that weakens the balance sheet, you know, that ultimately you know results in you know a collapse in share prices and perhaps even the businesses over time. And and a classic example I guess that we could use in is and is something which a you know South African investor might you know be acutely aware of is a company called Into Properties. Now, you know, Intu was born in South Africa. It became, you know, the owner of some of the biggest, highest quality shopping malls and shopping centers, if you like, in the UK. And, you know, over COVID, they actually went bust or they've gone into, you know, the equivalent of curatorship. And, you know, the reason for that is too much debt on the balance sheet, right? So they were chasing growth so, you know, so frenetically over time and um you know the model worked well until it suddenly didn't you know and and in and the resiliency i think in balance sheets are important but you know that ultimately comes from the way the management has run the business and the board ethos around you know where they take in the business long term so it's a fine balance you know between you know growth you know at, at a reasonable sort of risk profile if you like and then also making sure that there's longevity in the business and then longevity in cash flows and and ultimately dividends. And and that's what this portfolio is after.
1: Yeah, Craig, I want to latch on to a point you mentioned there because I'm, you'll know I'm quite risk-averse. I'm relatively more conservative most of the time. But the other end of that spectrum, the other end of that exact argument is that, yes, we've had companies that have chased growth, for example. They've misallocated capital. They weaken their balance sheets. But there's also a segment of the market that effectively just chase that dividend. We've covered some of that stuff in Magic Markets Premium as well, where they'll pay out the dividend, sometimes at the expense of their own balance sheet, or they'll be running down the balance sheet. I mean, we saw this with a lot of the energy counters a little while ago, where they wanted to protect their dividend. We've kind of discussed dividend aristocrats and how, you know, there you might get this nice, consistent high dividend, but over time, those companies shrink themselves in order to pay that dividend. Now, obviously, you'd pick that up in terms of your balance sheet screening from time to time, but Also, what happens in the instance where, for example, a company shrinks the dividend, maybe doesn't have a lot of debt, maybe it's not similar to the Intu example you've had, but again, they're kind of steadfastly holding on to that dividend, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their earnings are growing. You know, how do you view those kinds of stocks? Cuz sometimes people blindly chase yield. Yields can look very attractive. They're very seductive. A dividend is a very seductive thing when you look at it in an investment portfolio. How does this portfolio mitigate against some of that risk?
2: Sure. Well, I mean, one of the important things you need to do is obviously sift through the, you know, the various companies that you're looking to invest in and and the safety of the dividend is Paramount when it comes to this sort of investment strategy. You know, and there's various ways you can measure that that safety. But the case in point, I guess, is you know, to look at companies that not only generate significant amounts of cash, but significant amount of surplus cash after any other additional requirements for that capital. You know, whether it be capital expenditures, growth capital, maintenance, capex, whatever it is that you're looking for, there needs to be a significant buffer or slush, if you like, of cash that's left over after that, that they can then choose to either pay back in, in the form of dividends or in, in the form of share buybacks. The The crux, I think, again, is just to make sure that, you know, the companies aren't overpaying. You know, they, they're underpaying relative to what they're able to pay, which not only means the dividends are protected, but also allows, you know, scope for potential growth in that dividend over time. and that is important you know particularly in times of inflation like we're seeing now you know where you know you're looking for that cash flow or that dividend to grow over time. Um, but also important when you know you're looking at what you as an investor need that dividend for you know whether it's to live off ultimately one day or you know to reinvest, you know, for additional growth and compounding, which is what this portfolio is trying to do. So the overarching thing, I guess, is the safety of that dividend is vital, and and we look for that. And and one way we you know we screen for that is is to say, well, you know, let's look at some of the most harrowing times the world has ever seen over the last say two three decades. You know, and we've had obviously the dot com bubble. You know, we then had the great financial crisis. We've now just come out of COVID. We're busy now going through another pretty. Um, you know, hair-raising moment in, in world history, and which companies were able to, you know, pay or sustain or grow their dividends through all those cycles. Now, if you've gone through the dot-com bubble, the great financial crisis, and COVID, you've been pretty much through what whatever the world can throw at you, right? I mean, COVID, the whole world shut down. If you could still pay a dividend then, And, um, you know, you didn't put your balance sheet under stress. That's a mark of a great business and a great company. You know, the great financial crisis, different sort of recession, you know, to COVID and took a lot longer to get through pretty much to like what we're seeing now. But if you could get through that and still pay and grow your dividends, it's a mark of a great business. So the first thing is obviously look for those businesses that have been around the block a few times um, and start there. Also, obviously, the world is changing. You know, there are a couple of businesses that are a little bit, um, you know, newer to the markets than, than say that. And then, obviously, you want to look at the robustness of the balance sheet of the business model. You know, who the management are, who the key shareholders are of that business. You know, and um, and ultimately, you know, what is the market that they're in, and is their growth and scope in, in that market as well?
0: Craig, okay, a question from my side: the market is full of, you know, asset managers consider themselves to be either deep value managers or growth managers or quality managers. And I must say, having not grown up in the industry, I sometimes think the lines get a bit blurred. I sometimes, you know, with my own money, I just look at it and say, well, is this company undervalued or not? Whether it's a growth tech stock or whether it's a, you know, rather boring, you know, port terminal somewhere in Africa. At the end of the day, it's just a set of cash flows and an expectation of when they're going to come through. And that's what investing is for me at least. But I think in the asset management industry, people see it as either growth or value. This sounds more like a value fund. But if someone were to challenge you on, you know, how do you manage a growth fund and a value fund at the same time as Anbro, because that's really what you'd be doing here with Unicorn and then with the compound portfolio. You know, how are you guys doing that? Obviously, you've thought about that. So, what what are you doing around that?
2: Sure. Well, you know, we have a vast amount of research, you know, that we access at Anbro. Um, you know, between myself and Justin and a couple of other guys that work for us on the team, you know, we we are very intricately involved in the, not just the research process, but also the relationships we have with our research partners. Now, the overlying portfolio, you know, or the overarching portfolio, rather, that this ultimately comes from is the broad Enbro model portfolio. And that model portfolio is by nature a diversified portfolio. So, you know, it's broken down into value, into growth, into yield, um, you know, international pieces and components and all the rest of it. So, you know, these are, you know, just simply allocations of the broader portfolio that we're now sort of carving out and and listing separately, if you like, via the AMC. Just to cater to different investment styles and investment strategies. The difference, I suppose, between the two different investment strategies is obviously quite stark, right? I mean, when you're looking at a growth portfolio or a growth stock, there's a very different kettle of fish or very different lines that, you, that you're that you looking for or analysis that you're doing when compared to something that is more value-orientated, cash flow-orientated, that sort of thing. And then we'll lean on not just the research that we have, but the experience that we have in that space. So, you know, many people don't know this, but, you know, Ambrose Roots was actually in initially in high dividend yielding stocks and, and with a value approach. I think that's how most people enter the investment lives, you know, is they they're looking for companies that they think are, are cheap or that offer value. And um, the, the key issue I think we found over time is, you know, one's got to clearly differentiate between what looks cheap and what is cheap, you know, and what's a what is a value trap versus a value investment. And you know, you know, we've been down that road for I guess many many years before Anbro even started, you know it's something that we have a lot of knowledge and experience in is in that space. So, you know it's definitely not a new portfolio. It's not a new idea. I think it's a complementary addition to the to the unicorn portfolio, and it's something that we've been doing for for many years.
1: So, Craig, two points of clarification that I just want to land on right now. One is that we've actually, this portfolio invests in global stocks. So I just wanted to to confirm that. That's just one point for clarification. The second one is that we've spoken a lot about stocks that generate dividends, that generate cash flow, and that's what this portfolio invests in. But when I look at the portfolio itself, it's called the dynamic Compound portfolio, and that means that you guys are rolling those dividends up into the portfolio, into the NAV, and that this particular portfolio is not necessarily going to pay those dividends out to investors. So maybe if we could just land on those points and clarify those for listeners as well.
2: Sure, hundred no, percent, no problem. So the first point I'll touch on, I guess, is the is the question around global stocks. And yes, certainly this is a global portfolio. So you know, so we're looking for the best dividend-paying stocks we can find pretty much across the globe. So you know the portfolio allocation will be, you know, in North America. So that includes the you know the USA and Canada. There's also an allocation to Europe, um, including something like Switzerland and also then South and Central America as well. Um not too big exposures at the moment in, in Asia per se, but you know it's not something we'll ever I guess rule out. Now there's obviously a, various sort of reasons for that you know some of the the biggest companies or the companies with the longest history if if one likes you know have been around for very long time and they tend to be european based you know so you can look at a company like allianz for example which is a a massive German insurance business they've been around for gosh I want to say a hundred years or so you know you've got a, a heck of a lot of track record there and something that you can you know lean on in terms of the ability to you know really drive their business or run their business through multiples of cycles, decades, and even almost a century, if you like, of, of operating, you know, fundamentals and challenges. Now, that's a business that will feature in this portfolio. It has a dividend yield in euros of over six percent. That yield has been growing steadily at around you know, 10 odd percent per annum. For the last five six years and now you know this portfolio is a dollar denominated portfolio it's a dollar priced portfolio so the ability now to you know buy some really cheap high quality businesses in europe canada um you know switzerland for argument's sake you know is, is very compelling and very enticing you know because as those currencies recover over time and the markets recovery recover you know we hope to get a you know a, a double benefit you know, from a from valuation perspective. The other thing is on the dividends and the, and the compounding of the dividends, yes. You know, so this is almost going to be, I think, compared to, or what you can compare it to is compound interest for, you, you know, if you like, is these, these companies will pay high and growing dividends, and we will take those dividends and we'll reinvest them into the portfolio. And, you know, one of the best examples, I guess, one can use of um, dynamic compounding, if you like, is, Berkshire Hathaway. But think about exactly what it is that Berkshire Hathaway does, right? Is they invest in businesses that generate substantial cash flow. Berkshire Hathaway doesn't pay a dividend. You know, they refuse to part with any of that cash flow. They want to keep that cash flow and use that for opportunistic reinvesting over time. And that is, um, you know, proven to be a really, really good recipe, you know, not only for growth, but for compounding growth. You know, if one can imagine, You know, you have a business that's growing at, say, you know, 10 odd percent per annum and that business is paying you a dividend of 4 percent per annum. You know, that business is growing and the dividend is growing by, call it, inflation, you know, perhaps a normalized inflation rate of maybe 2 or 3 percent. Now you have a business that's increasing its intrinsic value by 10 percent per annum and its income distribution by 4 percent per annum, or rather 2 or 3 percent per annum with a starting yield of 4. You know, you can make case for why not only the income rises, but the NAV of the business rises, and are you reinvesting into that growth, and it almost becomes a little bit like, you know, a snowball rolling downhill, if you like, and just keeps gathering momentum at a pretty rapid pace. And we found that, you know, the returns, although, you know, on the surface, you know, sound a little bit boring and and exciting, you know, once that compounding takes hold, it can actually be pretty, you know, pretty fantastic numbers over time, you know, that investors can see.
0: So Craig, just moving on to sort of the structure of this thing and how someone can potentially invest in it just as we start to wrap up the show. So this will be listed on the JSE. One question, what will it be listing as? What is the structure? And then the second question, is it then accessible through a tax-free savings account or is that not possible with whatever the structure is?
2: Okay, so this is going to be listed on the JSE as an AMC or an Actively Managed Certificate, which is the very same structure that the Unicorn portfolio is listed as. You know, you should be able to invest in in this portfolio via your tax-free savings account. And, you know, what you should look for there is a, the share code is ANCOMP, A-N-C-O-M-P. And that's obviously short for the ANBRO compounding portfolio.
0: Okay. Fantastic. So the tax-free savings, you know, discussion people can have with their financial advisor to potentially invest in it, or, you know, your product provider, if you, for example, invest on easy equities or wherever it is. And then, Craig, are you accepting sort of direct investments at this stage to build it out or is it something that's just tradable? You know, how is that going to actually work?
2: Sure. So the, you know, the portfolio will be, as I said, listed on the 17th of November. The AMC will be issued at a hundred rand per share. That's a standard sort of starting price for for the AMC. Once the, the AMC is listed, the portfolio will be in cash and then that cash will be deployed as per the model, you know, that we have. If um, you know people that are interested in learning more about it, you know would like to go to the Enbro website, they'll find a link to the you know DynamicCompounding.com or DynamicCompounding.com if you like is the is the specialist website. We also have links there to um, you know various online brokers. You know, for people that you know need to open up an account or have an account, you'll be able to see it there. But um, you know, from from our understanding. You know, it's it's relatively simple to to buy, just like the unicorn one would be, and um, yeah, it'll be hundred percent cash. Um, starting the portfolio out, and then it'll be invested over you know the first couple of weeks or so as the as the cash comes into the portfolio.
1: Craig, one additional question, just from a risk perspective. I mean, so I'm guessing it's similar to unicorn, but again, just to clarify, confirm for the listeners as well. So the portfolio is backed fully buy the stock, because I know sometimes people get a little bit nervous if they're buying a, you know, a certificate or an ETN, you know, exchange traded note on the structure, fully backed by stock. I just want to confirm that. And I just also wanted to confirm, you know, from a custodial perspective, what is the kind of risk to investors on this structure? Uh, again, I think some people may be familiar with it with, an- with Ambro with the unicorn, but I wanted to confirm it specifically for this new portfolio.
2: Yes, so, so this portfolio is... 100% backed by stock. Um, you know, We take the, the cash that's invested into the AMC. It goes into a um, custodian account with UBS. We then use that, that cash to buy underlying stock. And um, the portfolio is a real money, real-time portfolio. Um, and what really what happens in an AMC structure is the, the AMC or the stock sits on the UBS balance sheet And then the AMC is priced as per the reference of the portfolio at all times. So, you know, pretty similar to an exchange traded fund, if you like, you know, the portfolio is condensed into a single price and that price is then transmitted through, you know, the the UBS structure onto the JSC and, you know, people can buy and sell the portfolio at that price. So from a risk perspective, you know, the, the risks are, you know, really just in the underlying stocks that we're investing in. Um, from a structure perspective, you know, there is risk um, that investors take on UBS and because it sits on the UBS balance sheet per se, you know, I mean, we've done a lot of work around that and, you know, we feel that, you know, not only is UBS a, a great global tier one bank, I think the risks are are relatively low in an institution like that. Also, they are considered, I guess, one of the bigger banks you know, from a global basis, which, um, you know, lets us feel a lot more comfortable with regards to, you know, where the assets are and, and how safe they are.
0: So Craig, congrats on this exciting step for you, for Ambro, for Justin, you know, the team that our Magic Markets listeners have, have grown to know and love. For those looking for more information, the website for this portfolio specifically is dynamiccompounding.com. So go and check it out. You'll find lots of information there. But I would certainly encourage you to reach out to Craig reach out to Justin, you'll find their details there. Uh, You know, if you need to speak to them and you're not sure where to find them, you know, pop us a mail if you need to, as the finance ghost or Mo, get hold of us on Twitter, we can connect you. As always, you need to do your own research. I think it's always worth, you know, just reiterating that point. We are not for a second suggesting you should do this or it's right for your portfolio. We are, as always, just bringing you interesting people in the market and interesting opportunities. But Craig, well done, and I think we are both you know, excited to see what you guys can do with us, and I think excited to unpick some of the stocks in the portfolio going forward as we've done with Unicorn, talk about what you guys are buying or selling or you know, seeing in the market. Yeah, well done.
2: Uh, thanks very much, Ghost. Thanks, Mike. Yes, I mean, this is, I think, going to be a new and exciting journey for, for our clients and, and for us as well. I mean, as I said, it's something we've been managing for a long time, but it's the first time that it's come to the world I guess, as a public portfolio, very much like Unicorn did all those years back. And um, yeah, we're very much looking forward to you know letting people know what it is we're investing in and why and, and all those intricacies. And I think people will find it quite interesting.
1: Yeah, thanks, Craig. We'll certainly be watching closely. And uh, to our listeners, unfortunately, that's where we have to leave it this week. Until next week, same time, same place. Look us up on social media. It's at Muhammad Nala and at Finance Ghost. We hope you've enjoyed this. Let us
0: know and cheers until next week. This podcast is brought to you by Anbro Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investingunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn Portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.